advantage of the day. Okay. When you get an opportunity in this game, you make a play. Yeah. Playmakers on three. One, two, three. Touchdown, Kansas City. The Chiefs are right in the thick of it, baby. Hello, Chiefs Kingdom, and welcome to this special edition of Defending the Kingdom. We have brought in a truly special guest this time. He is the Matt Stat. Uh, you know him, Matt McMullen. Great follow, by the way, on any social platform. Uh, he has been phenomenal, and uh, welcome to Defending the Kingdom. Thanks, Mitch. I'm excited to be here. Uh, obviously, an awesome podcast, and looking up to you for quite a long time, so honored to be a part of this here today. And talking a little playoffs, talking a little Chiefs football should be a lot of fun. Absolutely. And a reminder, these Bose headphones, these are the Bose 700 headphones, great for a Valentine's gift. Nothing more romantic than getting that special someone a set of Bose 700 headphones. Easy to find them. Just go to Bose.com. Uh, there's a headphone drop down just, and you'll find them. Bing, there they are. And you'll find out about these uh, 11 levels of noise cancellation. I mean, Matt, I'm telling you, they've revolutionized my life. Uh, and no more romantic gift. I'll give the hint to Ellie. Uh, say <laughs> wink, wink, wink. I think uh, my man Matt Stack could use a pair of these Bose 700s, but they're fantastic. Yeah, I need my pair. I'm jealous looking at you right now. Those look awesome. Yeah. <laughs> in my headphones right now. <laughs> yeah, they actually give you a massage while you're doing it. I mean, I've never seen anything like this, so I'm getting a full <laughs> body massage. Um, all right, let's get into a couple things here. The, our main topics, the first will be what we're calling the Andy Reid Coaching Academy. Because to me, it's one of the subtle stories, once again, like we, on Defending the Kingdom, we like to jump into those stories that um, where you kind of dig in a little deeper. 14 teams are in the playoffs this year, Matt. Six, including the Chiefs, obviously, have a direct influence from Andy Reid. Half the field, almost, are Andy Reid disciples or being influenced. And to me, it is a symbol of his greatness. Mm-hmm. He's fifth in the NFL and wins. We know that. If you look at the four ahead of him, you're like, whoa, okay, that's pretty good company. But those four ahead of him have also had their disciples and had an imprint on the National Football League. I just think it's fascinating that when you look at the guys that are in the playoffs, they have many, half of them basically, or most, almost half, have studied under the tutelage of Andy Reid. And that's what's so impressive about it. It's not just a great coaching tree. We know there's lots of head coaches and assistant coaches in the NFL that have benefited from Coach Reed's uh, mentorship, but it's also guys in the playoffs. It's guys finding success. We talk a lot about the Bill Belichick coaching tree. Those guys don't find a lot of success often. Coach Reed's disciples always seem to. And uh, I think what's so interesting about uh, his disciples isn't just the creativity and their play calling. We know he's a great play caller, probably the best play caller of all time. And we see his creativity all over the league, not just the guys that uh, coached under him. Like a lot of times you're watching a football game and you see a play, you're like, oh, that's a Coach Reed play. Um, but it's also his steady hand. I think is what really uh, permeates throughout the league and with the guys that have coached under him. Uh, you think about 2015 with this Chiefs team, they start one and five, and then they went 11 games after that to make the playoffs and win a playoff game. It's not easy to do that. It's actually very difficult. A lot of teams crumble when they start one and five or one and six or whatever, and they fall apart. Well, Coach Reed has a steady hand, never too high, never too low. He, he powers through things, and, and guys rally around him. And never He never loses a locker room, never loses a coaching staff. People never lose hope around him. And you're seeing that with the disciples he has around the league. So think about uh, in Baltimore with Harbaugh. That Ravens team, the wheels looked like they were about to fall off. I mean, Lamar Jackson was on the COVID list. They were losing a bunch of close games. But what did they do? They win five straight and make the playoffs after losing four or five middle of the season. So really impressive there. The Washington football team with Ron Rivera. 
They begin the season two and seven. They have issues at quarterback. They don't know who uh, is going to be their quarterback of the future with the Dwayne Haskins situation. But Alex Smith, old friend, goes there. Uh, amazing comeback for him. And Rivera and Smith together uh, lead this team to a seven and nine record. And NFC East has struggled this year. We know that. But still, that's good enough in that division to make the playoffs. So really impressive there. Then with Matt Nagy in Chicago, they lose six straight in the middle of the season. People are talking about uh, he might be fired. Uh, the Mitchell Trubisky situation that was really had the spotlight on it. And what they finish, um, they they win three of their final four games to make the playoffs. So what you're seeing across the league, I know those records aren't perfect, but what you're seeing is a steady hand, and I think that comes directly from Coach Reed because never too high, never too low. The season's never over. You have to fight the entire way, and I think you're seeing that with a lot of his disciples so far throughout um, the last several years in the NFL. Yeah, he's a, he's got two of his postulates are fear uh, nothing, attack everything. He reminds me because I, I talk about him publicly a lot, uh, nationally and regionally, in the fact that one of his great traits is this don't blink, don't flinch. My mom worked as a emergency room aide and a surgical aide for years, and she worked for an incredible surgeon. He reminds me of the surgeon or the emergency room doc or nurse that is faced with immediate problem, right? Trauma, trauma, trauma situation. And he is just as calm as can be under the toughest of circumstances. We've seen it uh, in some instances in the eight years he's been here, a one in five start in 2015. What? They're off the rails. They're going nowhere. He rallied that team to get him to uh, the playoffs. And we saw in 2017, uh, they dipped down as, as low as maybe they've been uh, since his time here. And he rallied that team to win a division and to make the playoffs, one of the five straight division championships. It's The other interesting thing about him is he has tiers of guys. Like, okay, now who knows what's happening here with Eric Bieniemy? I think all these openings right now in the league want to talk to him. He deserves a head coaching job. You and I agree with that. Uh, he's yes. fascinating. We're, we feature him on Hy-Vee Chiefs Insider this week. But Coach Reed has a layer of preparation, entry-level guys that he gives responsibility to, middle-level guys he gives more responsibility to, and then his main lieutenants that if the opportunity arises for them to move on, he doesn't get in their way, but he's preparing their replacements. To me, it's one of the reasons he has won consistently for 21 years, which is hard to do in this league. Yeah, every single guy has a piece of this puzzle. That's what it's all about. Some situations you have the head coach and, uh, you know, he he takes everything for himself. He wants to make sure everyone knows he's the reason for the success. And, yeah, he has lieutenants, but uh, they might not be contributing really as much. They're kind of just there learning from him. But with Coach Reed, that's not the case. And he always says this, and people might think it's just coach speak, but truly everyone has a part of this. I mean – and we always heard about with Matt Nagy and Eric Bieniemy and all these guys drawing up plays and competing against one another, seeing you know what can work. That's real, and we're seeing that over the years. And I think about guys like Matt Nagy, who was selling real estate in Pennsylvania uh, in the early 2000s <laughs> after uh, a very incredible Arena Football League career. I mean, he had no, he wasn't going to be a even an assistant coach in this league, but uh, Coach Reed saw something in him. They bring him along, and uh, he ends up being a head coach for the Chicago Bears and a pretty good one at that. So what Coach Reed does is he, he identifies talent. He finds guys that uh, can do something really well, just like his players, and he puts them in a position to succeed. Uh, he brings them along. He gets them in his culture, which breeds success, uh, and brings them along slowly. And before you know it, you have half the league is uh, head coaches that came up under Andy Reid, and they're in the playoffs. It's very impressive what he's able to do. He's not just a great coach. He's a great teacher, and we've really seen that over the years, not just with players but also coaches. 
Yeah, Sean McDermott was what a DB at William and Mary, and he <laughs> like the entry, entry, entry level with the Eagles, and now look what he's done with the Buffalo Bills football team. Uh, these tests that he gives, it's it's also been fascinating. It's been a leadership study for me. These subtle tests, and you don't even know you're being tested. He's done it with you and me of saying, "Hey, here's some information I'm going to give you. Don't use it until it's time." But he's testing to see if he can trust us, right? He did mm-hmm. it from the very first months he was in in Kansas City. But then there's the test you don't know about. Like there's the game or the uh, practices at camp or OTAs that are really division practices that the players don't even know about. And he might give a guy and a staff more responsibility to see how they handle it. And the more that they can handle, the more he gives. So that to me is is this constant testing and building to do it. One, one great example of this was that 2017, week 17 year. Uh, it was the uh, first year that our uh, first week that Patrick Mahomes was going to play, right? Alex had been quarterbacking all that year. It's week 17. Chiefs can't move the needle. He's rallied. Coach Reed has rallied the team uh, to get him in a position to win the division title. He gave Mike Kafka that week because he goes, Nags and I are going to be starting to work on the playoffs. He gave a lot of responsibility to Mike Kafka's quarterbacks coach, who has been uh, Patrick's caddy, so to speak, ever since Patrick walked into the building. But that he put way more um, responsibility on Patrick and Mike Kafka that week in a subtle way, I think, to see if he can handle it. Because now we know Mike Kafka's got a brilliant future. It's these tests that he gives, nurtures, builds, tests, uh, and it just keeps this moving uh, forward. Because there's guys on this staff right now this kingdom doesn't know about that will be elevated into important roles here in the near future. Definitely. Those tests are stressful, aren't they? We were just talking about this on Kingdom Conversations. Even like you or me, when we're talking to him via Zoom, afterwards I'll be like, "Was he testing me there? How did I do?" You know, and you, you just you just hope you're. I'm still here, so I guess I must be doing an okay job. But I think you're absolutely right. I think that also extends to his players and what we saw uh, against the Chargers in Week 17. So Darwin Thompson's a good example. Darwin Thompson's a guy that early in the season fumbled the football, really didn't play a lot after that in that Baltimore game. Didn't play a lot this season, but still has a promising young future. In this game, he says, okay, you're going to be the starting running back. How are you going to handle it? What's he do? He leads the team in rushing and receiving as 110 yards from scrimmage and had a great attitude, great mind about him throughout that. I think that really is a great example of Coach Reed's ability to put guys in situations and for them to find that success from that. So he's not going to throw you in the fire, and this is the same thing with the coaches. He's going to put you in a position to succeed and see how you handle it. And okay, you, you did pretty well with that. Let's give you a little bit more and see how you handle it. And we've been seeing that with the coaches over the years, uh, Doug Peterson, uh, Matt Nagy, now with Eric Bieniemy, And you're right, guys like uh, Mike Kafka, Dylan McCullough, he could be another guy on that list. I'm really excited to see some of the, the guys on this coaching staff that you're right, fans might not be very familiar with and see what happens to them in like five years. Because if you think about this team in like 2013, did anyone really know who Matt Nagy was? No, and just a few years later, he's the head coach of the Chicago Bears. Uh, same thing with Eric Bieniemy, running backs coach on this team, former player under Coach Reed. And you're right. I mean, he's the hottest head coaching candidate in the NFL right now. This is going to keep happening as the Chiefs keep finding success. And uh, it's one of the burdens of being a really great team. But the beauty of it is a lot of teams, when they lose a couple key guys, well, all of a sudden it's bare bones. You know, they can't seem to replicate the success anymore. The culture that Coach Reed has created here is spitting these guys out. And he's able to create more and more over time. And uh, it's very exciting to see what's going to happen over the next five, 10 years with the coaches here in Kansas City, because it's a factory right now. Yeah, names like Blameyer and Whittingham, you don't even know about, but you will, because uh, here they come. They're being nurtured uh, and developed. But don't you, I, I want to get Andy Reid coaching academy t-shirts 
I want to get, I want to wear one of those on a podcast or kingdom conversations with you sometime or on the set. Don't we need like coach Reed Academy graduates or something? I think we need something like that. Yes, we definitely do. And I, I'm imagining a picture of coach Reed with his hands and like five rings on him. Right. Doesn't that sound pretty good? We'll, we'll get <laughs> like these shirts that idea, in like, a, like a decade. Yeah. We'll get these shirts in like a decade and uh, I have a good feeling that might happen. And uh, we'll have some rings on that t-shirt. That would make it even better. Before we transition this conversation, uh, I do, and I've had it happen once. He can melt you like butter. He can melt you like butter. He's just the loving father that goes, because he'll tell you this, the words you don't want to hear, you're better than that. (laughs) If he goes, Matt, you're better than that. You're like, oh, no, I got one of those. I got one of them. Hey, you're better than that. Yeah. Yeah, I had to, you know, change, change my undergarments let's just put it that way because he's he's got his way man he's got his way but uh he's phenomenal fantastic and the fact that he's here and blessed us for eight years and i like the five ring idea all right let's transition here that's the academy now we're going to do the primer uh for the chief's kingdom here on defending the kingdom by the way these are the bose 700 headphones go to bose.com you'll see a headphone drop down there they are boom your life will change uh they're phenomenal but we're going to do a kingdom primer here we get the benefit, Matt, of everybody in the Chiefs kingdom. We get to back off. And, and you remember the old movie Braveheart, right? The old the Battle of Falkirk. Like, oh, my gosh. It's, <laughs> that's what the AFC is. It's these battles that are going on, have been going on for months. The Chiefs get the one seed. They can sit back and watch the first Battle of Falkirk because I think these are going to be phenomenal matchups. Now, we both know the Chiefs can play the four, five, six, or seven. We might know as soon as Saturday at 3 o'clock because the first game out of the shoot, to me, has its own uh, elements of interest, and that is the two-seed, the Buffalo Bills, against the seven-seed, and Chris Ballard, the GM of the Colts, is one of these guys that are influenced by Coach Reed. He will tell you Coach Reed has had a big impact on his life. That two-seven to me, I know the Bills are hot. Ooh, ooh, ooh. The Colts could make this... This and if the Colts win, that's who knew, that she's, that that's the seventh seed. You know you're going to play them. Mm-hmm. To me, this is a tougher game than I think people give it credit for. It should be a great matchup. I just want to follow up on what you mentioned about the AFC really quickly. So many good teams in the AFC this year, and again, how lucky are we to have this top seed where we can just relax at home, watch this wild card weekend because it will be so much fun. It reminds me from a few weeks ago, the Chiefs are always in prime time, as we know, at three o'clock or in prime time, <laughs> where you and I can't really watch you know, a lot of other football, you know, we, which, you know, we're, we're blessed to watch the chiefs every single week, but it's nice to come home and sit on the couch and watch a really good football game. And a few weeks ago, uh, when the Steelers were playing the bills and that was a big game for the chiefs and the chiefs had played earlier in the day, I remember telling you, I'm so excited to go home and watch a football game on my couch. You know, we, got, we finally get a chance to do this and it's the same way with this wild card weekend. It's going to be an awesome slate of football. And the AFC is so good because it's a lot of just really good teams. I think the Chiefs are the lone great team in this bunch, and the Bills have a chance at being that, I think. But a lot of really good teams, and the Colts and the Bills certainly uh, fit that bill. The Bills are probably the, the sexiest team in the NFL right now. Never mind the Chiefs have lost twice in the last, what, year and a half? But, but uh, the Bills are a very popular team right now, and for good reason. They're playing very good football. Uh, won nine of their last ten. Their only loss was on the Hail Murray that lost uh, the Hail Mary against uh, – uh, Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, so they really should have won each of the last 10 games, but uh, won their last seven games by double digits and destroyed Miami. I mean, that game really surprised me. 
Miami, if they just won, they're in the playoffs and they're mm. facing a lot of the Bills' backups toward the end of that game. And Miami just couldn't get out of their own way and the Bills just demolished them in that game. So the Bills are playing a very good football. The Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, sorry about that. My background's falling apart. The Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs uh, connection is lethal. We know that. Uh, Diggs led the NFL in receptions and receiving yards this year. Uh, and Allen, I mean, what a year for him. He, I think the last couple of years, it was kind of like, what did the Bills have in Josh Allen? And then this year, I mean, they know what they have now, 37 passing touchdowns and eight rushing scores. He had 400 rushing yards on the ground. So he's really one of the quieter dual threat quarterbacks in the NFL right now, having a great year. And it makes for a great matchup against this Colts defense. One of the best defenses in all of football. What's interesting about them is they have the second lowest blitz rate in the NFL. So they, they sit back and they play coverage. And we'll see how Josh Allen does with that. He's been pretty good against the blitz and uh, when teams don't blitz him over the course of the year. But just watching him, he really takes advantage when teams send an extra rusher. And for a team like the Colts that can sit back and play coverage and play it pretty well, I'm curious to see how he does against this team. They're allowing just 22.6 points per game. Second best rushing defense in football, too. Uh, the Bills, outside of Allen, don't really run the ball a whole lot. Uh, but they do a lot of play action, uh, and they also just throw the ball very well. So curious to see how Allen responds to that Colts defense. Uh, on the Colts side of things, Rivers, I mean, can you believe at 39 years old, he had a pretty solid season. I yes, mean, it looked did. like it looked like he, things were kind of falling apart there for him uh, uh, for the Chargers the last few years, but um, really had a solid year. What they want to do, though, is run the football. Jonathan Taylor, the last six games, 741 rushing yards, averaging 6.23 yards per carry. They want to run the rock over and over again. It should be a great game. If I had to pick, though, I think Buffalo wins this one. But it, I think it should be a lot of fun. Definitely not a walk in the park for the Bills. The Colts are a very tough team. No, I think it's closer to a 50-50 game than people realize. As before we transition the next game, I'm going to throw this out there because the Chiefs Kingdom thinks of Phillip Rivers, now the Colts quarterback, is an ATM machine, right? He just, just, just spewing out turnovers for the Chiefs um, for years and years and years. But here's what's interesting. And Josh Allen's had an incredible year. Only Derek Carr has more lost fumbles than Josh Allen. He has lost six fumbles. He has thrown 10 picks. That's 16 giveaways. That puts him in a category uh, with guys like Donald Jones and Derek Carr. So when we think of Phillip Rivers, we think of him turning the ball over. Now, they, they're they a third fewest giveaways uh, the Colts have this year, but they've had big ones. There's a pick six, scoop and score. Uh, they've given up a, a kickoff return for a touchdown, three miscellaneous touchdowns, so to speak. But it's actually Josh Allen who's given up the ball more than people realize and given up more than Phillip Rivers. All right. That we could know by three o'clock Saturday. It's the Colts, seven seed, upset the Bills. That's your opponent. Or if the chalk holds, Bills win. Now we shift to our next game, which is Sunday at noon. And speaking of the Battle of Falkirk um, on Braveheart, it is the Titans against the Ravens. I mean, we're going to see crude weapons brought out in this game. Oh, my gosh. This is going to be a slug it out game. Yeah, talk about an old school football game here in 2021. Uh, these two teams combined for 5,761 rushing yards this year. They both love pounding the football, number one and number two rushing teams in the NFL this year. And they do it different ways. So for the Ravens, uh, you know, they really bounced back from that rough stretch earlier uh, in the season to win their final five games. Big reason because of that, Lamar Jackson, of course, uh, reigning league MVP. 
had a really nice season, not quite his MVP year, but still a pretty nice year uh, through for uh, nearly 3,000 passing yards uh, and 1,000 rushing yards. So the guy can do it uh, with his legs as well as his arm. We know that. Also, multiple running backs they'll hammer you with. Guys like J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Mark Ingram when he's healthy, they'll hammer you with fresh legs over and over and over again. That's what they want to do is run the football. You know, the problem with the Ravens over the years when Lamar Jackson has been there has been coming back from deficits. And we saw it just last year against the Tennessee Titans. They couldn't quite come back from that deficit. I don't know if they've quite figured that out yet. They looked pretty good against the Cleveland Browns earlier this season. But if the Titans can get a lead on this Ravens team, they're sitting pretty because they have Derrick Henry, uh, best running back in football, 2,027 rushing yards this year. Mitch, it's 2021, and we have a 2,000-yard rusher in the NFL. Only eight players in NFL history have done that. And I think like 10 years ago, this was a much bigger deal. Nowadays, you know, everyone wants 5,000 passing yards and 50 touchdowns, and for good reason. I mean, that's awesome. But 2,000 rushing yards is pretty impressive uh, for Derrick Henry. And if the Titans can get a lead in this game with Ryan Tannehill throwing to Corey Davis, A.J. Brown, if they can get a lead in this game, that's when it gets really interesting because they're going to run the ball with Henry over and over again. And can Lamar Jackson come back? And I think Lamar is kind of fighting a playoff narrative here where he can't quite win that playoff game. He can't get, quite get over that hump to be that great player that uh, we all know he is. Hasn't won a playoff game yet. This is his chance. It's a tough game against the Titans. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. If I had to pick, I think the Ravens win this game. But if the Titans get up, it should be really interesting. Yeah, they got up last year, and that's where uh, the Ravens had to play uphill in that big upset that allowed the Chiefs to get the host of the Titans in the AFC Championship game. Because people ask all the time, Matt, can you run the ball and win in this day and age? It's a passing league. Can you win in the playoffs running the ball? These two teams can, and here's why. They get chunk big plays. There are 31 20-plus runs from the Baltimore Ravens. You mentioned the names. Lamar Jackson's got a 50-yard touchdown. J.K. Dobbins has a 72-yard touchdown. Mark Ingram's got a 30-yard touchdown. Gus Bradley's got a 36-yard run. And Devin DuVernay, who I called when he had the kickoff return against the Chiefs, Devin DuVernay Tardif, they are not related. <laughs> that was my biggest gaffe of the year because engineering's going, you just call him DuVernay Tardif. I, go, I didn't even know I said it. Uh, but he has a 72-yard reverse, okay, for a run for a touchdown. Uh, and Derrick Henry, we saw last year beat the Chiefs with a 68-yard run for a touchdown and a 94-yard run this year, longest in the NFL. Here's the difference in these two teams and the way they run the ball. They get chunk plays in the run. Their idea of the wasp, they'll get the wasp, but it's not a 44-yard pass in the wasp. It's a 44-yard run. And to me, just chart 20-plus runs in this game, especially early on, and that's the team that will win the game. Yes, they can run and win it in the playoffs because they get big runs. These aren't grinding away at four yards a click. Definitely. You know, I have like 40 tabs open at all times on my uh, laptop. <laughs> Drives my fiance crazy and everyone around me crazy. But what I have is I have lots of uh, pro football reference uh, tables basically just ready to go. And I'll refresh them every single week to see how they changed. And one of the ones I always have open is Tyree Kill for his 50-yard touchdowns because he has more than everybody since 2017. But what's really amazing is Derrick Henry is right up there with him. You know, you have a lot of big-time receivers like Tyree Kill that are in those categories where they have big 50-yard touchdown chunk plays. But for a running back, and especially a guy of his size, to have that many, I think he has like like 12 or 13 50-yard touchdowns since he entered the league. That's phenomenal. And you're right. It's not just ground and pound. It's not just four yards here, five yards there. It's four yards here, five yards there, 50-yard touchdown. So, yeah, they can hit the big plays over and over again. And the thing with the Titans and the Ravens, if it's a close game, they'll keep going to it. 
So if it's not working in the first half or even through three quarters, they'll keep doing it. And eventually, when Derrick Henry is hitting you over and over again as a defensive lineman or a linebacker, you might break every once in a while. And all of a sudden, uh, you're down seven points. So very interested to, to watch this game. For old school football fans, this will be awesome because you have some, some good defense in this game, two great running backs, uh, not just two great running backs, several great running backs, two great running football teams. Uh, and it's also a lot of fun for our new age fans because you have a lot of personalities in this game like Lamar Jackson and Derrick Henry. So this is really the perfect playoff game for the NFL right now, and I can't wait to see how it plays out. Yeah, but these two teams with getting big plays in the run game, they're so old school, they're new school because this is a this is a, just a unique approach that goes against some of the uh, current thoughts in the NFL. All right, finally, as we wrap up this edition of Defending the Kingdom, uh, and thanks for being on with me, let's look at the final game because if the Bills hold chalk and win Saturday at noon against the Colts, we have to wait all the way till Sunday night. We will not know the opponent till after the Steelers-Browns game. This game has interest because of a lot of reasons. To me, the biggest one, though, is earlier in the week, it was announced that COVID is just it is getting to the Browns. Kevin Stefanski will not coach in this game. He tested positive on Tuesday this week and will not be allowed to coach. They're missing. They're going to miss him and two coaches. They're going to miss two more players. We know it wrecked them a little bit, although they were able to win in week 17 against the Steelers. They're going to play again within a week here. It's a week in two games in seven days against a brutal division opponent. But who knows who's going to be out there and coaching for the Browns right now? It's Mike Prefer, who was the uh, special teams coach for the Chiefs under Herm Edwards. Good dude, Naval Academy graduate, great guy. He's had to land. Uh, helicopters on the middle of a carrier in the middle of the Pacific uh, and choppy waters and almost died, but he might be the coach. I mean, who knows who's going to be out there for the Browns? Yeah. I mean, what a tough break for the Cleveland Browns. So finally, for the first time since 2002, they make the playoffs only the second time since 1994. And as you reminded me before our show started here today, that wasn't even the Cleveland Browns that we're seeing here today. That was what turned into the Baltimore Ravens back in 94. So this iteration of the Browns have made the playoffs twice in their history, 2002 and this season. You're feeling pretty good. You have Baker Mayfield. You have, uh, you know, Kareem Hunt. You have Nick Chubb. You have these receivers. You have a pretty good team. And you're in the playoffs, and you have a chance to go against Big Brother and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then this hits with the COVID. It's really unfortunate because mm -hmm. Kevin Stefanski, probably the coach of the year this year, him and Brian Flores are right there going for it. Uh, it's really unfortunate. Uh, just for fans of the game, you want to see the best coaches and players out there. It's too bad. And it's too bad for uh, for the Browns. We'll see how they can overcome this and if they can overcome this. It's interesting because they're playing the Steelers team that was so good for the first half of the year, really first three quarters of the year. They go 11-0 and to start the season and just really seem to lose their way toward the end of the year. They're railing. They lose to the Bills. They lose to the Washington football team. Then they lose to the Bengals on Monday Night Football, a Bengals team that had no Joe Burrow, that had struggled all season long and really just looked kind of lifeless over the last five weeks or so. Now, of course, they're still the, the three seed here and had a great season. And I think whenever I think about the Steelers, I think if they didn't start 11-0, we'd view them a lot differently. I think if they were 12-4 and and those losses were kind of scattered throughout the year, I think we'd look at them as a very dangerous team with a great defense and Ben Roethlisberger has experience and you'd be, you know, they're, they're a great team and a great chance at uh, competing with the Chiefs for the, the AFC championship. But because they fell apart kind of toward the end of the year there, they're viewed differently. Now, I think it's important to remind people, this is Mike Tomlin, this is Ben Roethlisberger, and they know how to win in the playoffs. And they're going against this Cleveland team that has been really exciting all season long. 
but without their head coach and without really any playoff experience at all, I'm curious if those intangibles really come into play here because the Steelers, they're flawed. We know that, but they do, they do have a great defense and they still have big Ben. Uh, they still can move the football. They have guys like Juju Smith-Schuster they can throw the ball to. Deontay Johnson had a pretty nice year, minus all the drops. This Steelers team can move the ball, and they can play good defense. They can they can win in the playoffs. And I think we're going to see them take their ante up a level here in the postseason just because they're Pittsburgh, and they're playing a team in the Browns who is already very happy just to be there, and they're already missing their leader. It'll be tough. Um, but it should be a great game. I love these divisional matchups in the playoffs because it's so hard to play a team for a third time, and uh, we'll see how it plays out. Phenomenal. Uh, and Mike Tomlin, to me, gives them their best chance to win. I talk, you know, talk about a guy that could fight through adversity as a head coach is the way we started this podcast with Andy Reid. Mike Tomlin's that dude. He's a leader's leader. And if they're going to drag through and get through all this, it would be, I think, because of Mike Tomlin. All right, here we go. Uh, we've got the primer. Watch the first one Saturday at noon. Colts win. That's who we got. Okay. If they don't win, you got to wait all the way to Sunday night because if the Browns win, that's who we got. Then that four or five battle of Falkirk on Sunday noon. So we lay it out here, Matt. Here we go. Time to run it back. Try to be the first team in 16 years to win a back-to-back Super Bowl championship. But we get to watch everybody slug it out this weekend. And I think it will really help us because we get a chance to get healthy, get a chance to rest, take a mental break before taking on a really good football team at Arrowhead Stadium. But this is so exciting, Mitch, because we've been talking about running it back since since February, since the Super Bowl. We've been talking about how that was great, but we won another one. But there's checkpoints along the way to get there. You have to, you know, get through this crazy COVID offseason. You have to get through the regular season. You have to win your division. You have to try to get that first round by. And they've done all that. They got back here, won 14 games, a franchise record. What a season for the Chiefs. Best uh, regular season in Chiefs franchise history. And following the Super Bowl the way they did is, is awesome because it shows how hungry this team is. And now, finally, they have a chance again in the playoffs to show what they are made of and show that they're ready to run it back. Mitch, one win here in the divisional round, and we're hosting a third straight AFC Championship game at Arrowhead Stadium. These are the golden years of Chiefs football. We're living them, and uh, I just can't wait to see what the playoffs hold here because it should be an absolute blast watching this team uh, go for another title. If I'm not mistaken, it's only happened one other time. The Eagles did it with Andy Reid hosting three straight conference championships. All right, here we go. It's ready to roll. And the great, you know, you study philosophy and great theologians and great poet warriors as we go back to a Braveheart here, right? William Wallace, the poet warrior. It's the great poet warrior of our time, Patrick Mahomes, that said, it's go time. It's go time. Thanks for joining us, Matt, on this edition of Defending the Kingdom. Uh, you got your primer, you got your Andy Reid Coaching Academy t-shirt virtually, and let's go do this. Thanks to Bose for helping sponsor these uh, podcasts, and it's time for the Chiefs to run it back.